Hello, plantpreneurs, and welcome to Series 2 of the Plant-Based Business Podcast brought to you by us at Vivolution. In this show, we explore what it takes to create and scale a plant-based business. I'm Damien Clarkson, and I'm here with my co-host today, Judy Nadell. Each week on this show, we speak to a range of entrepreneurs and investors who are passionate about creating plant-powered positive change in the world. This week, we talk to none other than our friend and the UK's chief plant pusher, Derek Sarno, co-founder of Wicked Healthy and director of plant-based food innovation at Tesco. So we met Derek Sarno about three years ago for the first time, and we remember sitting down in a, a bar in King's Cross and he said, guys, I'm, I'm going to radically transform the UK supermarket shelves. And we were taken aback. The plans were massive. And, you know, at this point, nothing like this had happened before. And he went on to launch Wicked Kitchen in Tesco in January 2018. And since then, he really has blazed the trail for other supermarkets to follow and really made Tesco the UK's leading plant-based food mecca. It was great to talk to Derek about his career and, you know, a wide range of issues in this podcast. We, we talk about how Derek got started in the food industry, unsurprisingly, the role of mushrooms in the future of food. We talk about how the startups can get their products into supermarket shelves and give some really candid advice for startups looking to maybe one day get into Tesco. And we talk about the new plant-based food innovations happening across the world that Derek's working on and that have got him excited. So there's so much to love about all Derek's work. Sit back and enjoy. I'm here with my co-host today, Judy Nadell. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. And we've got a very special guest, our good friend, Derek Sarno, Director of Plant-Based Food Innovation at Tesco and co-founder of Wicked Kitchen. So firstly, how are you doing, Derek? And where are you in the world right now? I miss seeing your faces. And it's funny to see your beard is getting so long, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> this is my project everyone's got an isolation project mine is growing my beard incredibly incredibly long other people seem to be doing courses and lots of really interesting things i'm just growing it out and damien's using it as like protection he feels like because we don't have masks he's like this is my mask if i just grow the beard yeah, yeah. It's my mask. just gonna comb up <laughs> uh i'm doing great i'm actually being held up in the u.s so i came here for an event and stayed for the coronavirus which is funny what I like to say right so I I am in Arizona right now Tucson Arizona so in the in the desert and what's the weather like there sunny part of the world it's nice it's beautiful although you know there's worse places to be stuck but I'm still indoors like everybody else so it's not like I get out much I'll go for my walk and I'll go to the store but that's it so most listeners on the podcast will be familiar with you but can you just tell us a little bit about your background and um, as a chef and also as an entrepreneur yeah, so as a chef, I mean, I've always been, as far as the entrepreneurial, I think you are an art entrepreneur or you're not. Mm. I think that's kind of ingrown and it's a part of the rebellious thing. So I've always liked to learn how to do things, but then figure it out, figure out a different or better way, right? So I was listening to a great chat the other day. They were, I was listening to, you know, you have times to listen to these amazing podcasts that you guys are doing, right? And I was just listening, <laughs> to, listening to do one, uh, one on, who was it? The guy from Patagonia. And he had, a, oh, yeah. he had a great saying where it's like, entrepreneurs are like juvenile delinquents where they're just, they don't want to do what's set out in front of them that they have to do. They, and so they rebel against it. And that is really resonated with me as far as like being a delinquent 
because you just don't want to do what people are doing and you think you can do it better. And that's pretty much what we are right? as entrepreneurs, just make, creating businesses that we feel we can do better at. So I've always had that itch in me. And I know a lot of people that I communicate through your groups and through the business networks, through you guys. Everybody has that and you can see it in them. Um, so anyways, when I started cooking, I just practiced the basics. I always wanted to be the best. So I really honed in and practiced the basics of, you know, down to the chopping onions and how to hold a knife and just how to roast and how to do certain things just to master being super basic and not be creative at all. Just follow and learn and follow directions just enough to learn and be an expert at that basic bit and then starting to take it a step further, a step further. So I started my own businesses around 27, 28, I was around roughly. And then that, you know, from training, I, I had worked in all kitchens, every kind of job, every kind of position from dishwashing to, to saute, to grilling, to broiler, to ovens, to waiting, to busing, every position in a restaurant could possibly have. So just to know that and really, you know, I, I was fired from waiting because I just am not a good people person and I speak my <laughs> mind too much. You know, I'm great with being friends, but man, when there's people out there that are just like, you can't please everybody, you know, and you really want to. And some people, and I'm really affected, like I want to please everybody, but you know, so it's a hard pill to swallow that not everybody likes what you do. And I think that's mm -hmm. a lesson we all have to learn. It's like you get so many good positive things, but that one negative feedback is like what destroys <laughs> a day. You know, oh, yeah. I completely relate to that. I think also like when you run your own business and it's something that you've kind of grown and you've like, you know, brought into the world, it's like you take it as a personal thing. And like I used to do customer service all the time in my old jobs and it really, I would never really phase me. I was like fine with customer service. And then as soon as it comes to like your baby, your thing, it's like, feels like such the a worst thing ever. Yeah. But it's, and it's funny because everybody expects you to not treat it like it's so close to you because they mm -hmm. want it to be about them. And it's that separation, that is the lesson, you know, and that's like the customer service. People who are on customer service aren't usually the owners of the company. Yeah, it's, it's too close to us, you know? So yeah, anyways, that's interesting. And I don't, I probably veered off of the question, but <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then in terms of your background as an entrepreneur, so you, you said you started businesses around 27, 28, what kinds of things were you doing originally? So I remember working at the last restaurant that I worked in and I was just a little, I was a sous chef at the time, working for a really good chef who ended up coming to work with me at the business that I started. And I started a personal chef service. So in my home, I started cooking for people doing meals and delivering them during the week. And that really started expanding. I needed to learn how to cater and do this personal chef. So I ordered a packet and it came with like these CDs that you could listen to and it talked about all business and like all how to file for business and do all the t the town stuff and file for you know trademark and all this stuff so i read and learned all about it i did this all on my own i didn't in high school you know i graduated high school i went to college for like six months or university and i just didn't like it i wasn't it wasn't me so i'm the person who will learn from one person and mentor them or just do it myself and just read everything on the topic, you know, everything just crazy for a year. Uh, and so I did that and then just started my own personal chef service that way, where I just took on a couple clients first and I was doing also a, a produce delivery job because I wanted, 
the best way to what was the best way for me to go and look at see what everybody else was doing the competition well to get in their back door and so mm -hmm. by being in a produce delivery position i was going into everybody's restaurant and seeing how they were operating seeing who was cleaning you know who was really clean and who was like following recipes from a book who the creative chefs were it was i really attribute that one act as a one of my the greatest things that i could have done to learn about others you know because you befriend all these people and they tell you there's tips and you know and most of them want you to do what you want to do you know mm -hmm. if you start talking to them so i did the personal chef service and that grew from there like I had that one company for seven years and that was called Mahalo's. And when I had started getting clients like the governor, um, different, you know, state heads, cause we were right near where everybody was living. And then I also was really lucky enough to be next to an air force base that turned public, but all the corporations were flying out of there. So some of the people, it was like, it's a combination of who, you know, and networking, and your skill and being good at what you're doing, right? So the, it was everything was just really good timing. And I started catering for some of the flights who told the other flights. And that was like for a premium. You know, if somebody was, I had the ability for them to call me at 9 p.m. saying they were leaving the UK and gonna be in the US at 5 a.m. and they wanted breakfast ready to go for their next flight. Well, I would do that. And not a lot of businesses would do that. I would get up and personally cook in the middle of the night, but I would charge them a lot of money for that. And they really? paid it so because corporations can pay more than normal individuals, you know, so it was it was that. So, yeah, that's how it all started. And then from there, I opened up two more restaurants, uh, one at the same time as I had that catering business called Mahalo's. I opened up the 100 Club, which is still in existence and then sold both of those, did a little farming uh, for two years at my own experimenting and had signed a non-compete. So. I was doing that because I wanted to learn more of the outside of the restaurant. You know, I re really wanted to be well-rounded and understand everything I was growing. With the businesses you built, you, you said you sold a couple of them. And then where did you end up? Where, where were you? Where, where did you end up working? I didn't end up. I don't think I've worked for anybody else other than Whole Foods and Tesco now. Um, so when I started businesses, it was always I was just not. That's when I started. My whole thing was like 27 <laughs> years old. You know, and I'll, I'll be 50 this year. Holy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Looking good, mate. Yeah, you look amazing. <laughs> Thanks. That's the vegan diet, you guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended yeah. up at Tesco eventually, and that's when we met you. I guess it was 2017. Yeah. 2017, yeah. And obviously yeah. You, you ended up launching Wicked Kitchen Range. Yeah. You end up, I think, launching with like 23 products or something in that. Yeah, in we, that. La we launched with 20 right in the beginning. And that was the first. That's right. And we chatted before and I was like, we can't talk about it. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, this is Guy Derek. He's doing something amazing. We can't tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was super secret because we didn't want anybody else to know. And it worked. You know, it was amazing because everybody was caught off guard. You know, at that time, you know, before Wicked. And I, yeah, I don't want, I don't, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but it's like before that there was nothing to eat. And how did you get Tesco there then? You, they, they approached you when you were kind of yeah. coming out of your work with Whole Foods and. I worked for Whole Foods for six years as their global chef. And then I had left there. I'd moved to Portland, Oregon, like a year before I left. And then, and then I had left. And so I had saved up all my, uh, all my vacation time, holiday time. 
and all, I had saved up some money. So I had planned to take a year off and I didn't know what I was going to do. And that's when Tesco had called during that time. And we just started talking. And it's just so funny because when Tesco called, I honestly didn't know about, you know, the, the guy was trying to explain. He's like, oh, we're the biggest, you know, third biggest retail in the world. They do all this. We have 2,500 stores. And I'm like, this is a, I thought it was a prank. <laughs> 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 it was just really funny because the guy, you know, the guy's like, ah, I don't know what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody innovative who can, who can really inspire, the, inspire a change and train team members and like uh and develop new products and it's kind of a mythical position i don't even know if it's it exists and that's what really caught me is when he said those things and so then i looked into tesco we had another conversation next thing you know i was flying out to meet the ceos and walk around the stores and just give them ideas and they were interviewing me and yeah so here we are three or four years later i don't even know how long it's been 2017 right and you said to them right we're going to do this massive vegan range basically and everyone's going to love it. That was kind of the pitch, yeah. right? Yeah, the pitch was like, look, if you want to lead in an area that nobody has even thought of yet, we or I mean, it's thought of, but like nobody's doing plant-based. I want to make Tesco number one plant-based. How did they like react when you were kind of saying different ideas and stuff to them? Were they like really excited by it? Or were they, you know, a bit daunted yeah. by your ideas? Yeah, because I, I mean, their leadership team at Tesco is really open-minded and very forward-thinking. Like these guys, they're thinking of the future of food, not just reacting to everything. And if you in the grocery retail market, if you notice, like everybody, re, they, they just react. So if one person launches something, the other people see it because everybody's watching it, what everybody's doing, right? It's that reaction time. And then all of a sudden, everybody has the same thing and it's saturated. <laughs> so uh, it's really good to try to be, you know, in, led being as an innovator. And, and I don't believe that, you know, I don't know. I wasn't in the UK, but I don't believe that they were the, one of the biggest innovators. You know, usually it's the smaller companies that are that are innovating and really not risking because the bigger you are, the less risk, you know, you want to take. And you have to be like super mainstream because you want to make sure you're, you're make trying to make everybody happy, not just niche niche, you know. And did you find it difficult with like the transition from going being like kind of in like the creative chef? you know, world and like creating your own businesses and then going into this kind of more corporate sort of worlds. Whole Foods really helped train me for that. Like working there was a really good training because my brother and I were developing a whole new concept for them, which was their healthy eating program. And that was plant-based, you know, plant, but on that that job, I was the chef that did the, the, the animals, the meat part. So mm -hmm. I did like, it was all plant-based and, that was the underlying subtle message of it is like go plant-based but how do you do that is you don't just tell people to go vegan you have to lead them on the journey so it's like cut all right if you're not going to go plant-based you know then cut down your meat so it's just a condiment the animal product should just be less than three ounces on your plate which is amazing. Even if the world did that right now, it'd be so much better than just eating, focusing around animal product with two side veg, you know? So they just shifted the whole plate, which really helped me understand how to talk to, about, to people about it mm -hmm. and not just be, you know, I, I personally would love everybody to be vegan. I really do want that. And sometimes I feel like I get in those positions where it's like, why not? Why can't we, you know? It's like, why, why, why? And then I have to slap myself and be like, okay, 
it's it's that's the world i want to live in this is the world we are in how do we transition you know so i almost have to bring myself on a journey as well as anybody else so that's a constant battle all ethical vegans have themselves you know you want to be screaming go vegan we should all be vegan but actually the pragmatic approach and the most effective approach is going to be you know bringing people on the journey as we can and encouraging them and you know having that gradual change you're talking about from a climate perspective is massive and you know i i would love to see it as well and i hope one day we get there is but you just have to i guess choose the most effective methods yeah and every you know i remember the one talk we did for for you guys i think it was the business one when i said everybody's on their own path and you have to meet them where they're at i got a lot of people saying like no the animals don't have a path you know this and that's so true the animals do not have a choice right and we're all fighting for them but people they won't if they don't decide to do it for themselves it's just not going to last and we need to help that you know and me being a staunch extreme vegan like saying you know no 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 it doesn't do any good as much as it makes me feel good, it's still not doing any good. So it's like, really, what is the practical? What's really working? Like, like, and I get all like upset and I don't want people to eat meat, but it's like, all right, I have to like reel that in and be, you know, and go out. And, and also know what you've achieved as well. Like without you and Chad doing what you've done with Tesco, it just, you know, you've created so much accessibility. And if you hadn't, you know, if you'd been kind of that kind of, black and white kind of vegan where it's like no meat is murder and you wouldn't have worked with Tesco then you wouldn't have created such big change and then you in turn have then kind of um affected all the other supermarkets because they've all looked to Tesco to think hang on we need to actually get our act together we need to catch up because otherwise we're going to be left behind like like you said as well just kind of um helping people on their journey because otherwise like you said if they do it too quickly then then they won't stay with it and it's like about kind of like you know taking it steps and then you know you slowly kind of like make those connections and then and then hopefully you get to the point where ever you're happy and it's it's like in a good position yeah it works that premise that whole thought process and journey like it really works not just with veganism but with anything like when we were mm-hmm. doing the healthy eating immersions if you watch game changers amazing film right one of the be- i think probably the best animal like switch to vegan plant-based diet documentaries out there if you look at some of the immersions that we were doing in whole foods people would come and they would learn how to be super healthy and eat like whole foods no oil no no added sugar no salt and it's super transforming like you can transform in a week you can lower your cholesterol level and blood levels all these amazing things just from going plant-based but they're doing that because their doctor told them you have to like eat healthier so they go on these extreme diets right and then what we were seeing is like you do this and people would jump on board and they'd be super hardcore about it and then a year later we'd meet up with these people and instead of like more than half of them would and i don't know the stats on it but so i'm just saying here more than half of them would be like worse than they were when they went in because they (laughs) fell off the wagon and they just started eating more and then pretty soon you know they felt guilty about not being on that so they would guilt eat even more and it just got even worse so that's how wicked was developed because it was like instead of being so extreme on the one side like middle it's like the 80 20 premise that we have is like 80 percent healthy just focus on that and that 20 percent wicked don't beat yourself up for it 
whether it's on your plate for one meal or a whole week, if you look at it, you know, having that, enjoying the ice cream for after dinner, but eating like a really nice big kale salad or whatever you do, whatever you think is healthy, you know, and just limiting the oils, but enjoying your Beyond Burger, you know, and if you're a meat eater, it was like, look, eat 80% vegan and just 20% animal products is way better than the other way around. Hey, plantpreneurs, Damien here. Sorry to interrupt the show, but we have something super important we need to discuss with you. So it's been incredible to receive so many messages from so many of you since we started this podcast. We love hearing about how this podcast is inspiring you and helping you on your business journey. And we create this podcast to help you, the plant-based businesses. We want to help you get more exposure and facilitate sharing of knowledge and ideas about how we grow this movement. And we really love creating this podcast for you. And this is why we need to be honest with you right now. The truth is that we need your help. Before COVID-19 struck, we had multiple companies vying to sponsor the series of the podcast, but then overnight, all the sponsors vanished with the outbreak of COVID-19. And we had big plans to reinvest this money into the podcast to drive the growth of the show. As the more people listen to the show, it means the more knowledge we can share, the more exposure we can give our guests, and the faster we can collectively disrupt outdated industries around the world. Today, we've invested thousands of pounds from Feevolution in creating this podcast, and to keep the show going without support simply isn't sustainable. So we've come up with a creative solution we think you will love. We've created a Patreon for the plant-based business community. Patreon is a community for creators to gain financial support for their work. And in joining our Patreon, you'll be part of the community of entrepreneurs and investors creating the next generation of plant-based businesses. So you can support us from as little as £5 a month. And this will help us to keep the show going and you'll benefit from all the community and content we'll be releasing exclusively to the Patreon community. And we even have an option for those of you who are feeling extra generous in your support of our mission to accelerate the growth of the plant-based economy around the world. Join today by simply visiting www.patreon.com slash plant-based business and sign up to support the show. Now let's get back into the episode and we'll see you over on Patreon. So people would like have a go at us if we didn't ask you about this question. Obviously, in within Tesco, you are the champion of plant-based. You really obviously have created this massive, incredible range with Wicked um, Kitchen. But I, I get a lot of brands and a lot of people coming to me and say, oh, you're friends with Derek. Can you like send him our products? How do I get in Tesco? How do I, how do I get on Tesco shelves? What do companies need to be doing in terms of revenue? What do they need to be, what do they need to show Tesco, not just you, if they want to be taken seriously to be put into Tesco shelves. So my biggest advice is like it's Tesco is like the biggest of all. You know, you could combine all the other retailers and they're still not as big as Tesco in the UK. My advice to anybody who wants to get into the big thing is start small. You cannot just jump from your cooking in your house to Tesco. Like (laughs) in some of these companies, like there's some cheese, vegan cheese companies and some, uh, you know, th- whoever they are, they'll reach out and they're like, I just want to get in Tesco and I want to do this. And I'm like, well, you need to be BRC certified, which is like the standard of the standard of food service safety, um, which a lot of people aren't. You know, the company has to be certified. They have to have a great rating. You have to have an ex- you have to have the experience of being sold into a retailer and you have to have enough money in the bank to cover if something happens. If you have a recall, that sh- can shut people down like forever. 
So you need to have that backup plan, you know? So I encourage anybody who's coming in, if you develop a product, a widget, let's just call it any widget, right? Start off small, farmer's markets, small retail, in your own restaurant business, whatever, however you're doing it. Get into the co-ops, get in, you know, and then maybe approach one of the smaller, you know, retailers before you come to Tesco or, or work as a co-label or private label. It's just, I hate being the person who says, I don't want to squash anybody's dream. I want to enable all that. But it's, there's a reality of like, they only look at, everybody has to make money. Right. So yeah. you have to make a profit. Even if me, anybody who's starting, a, you have to make money and you want to get that out there and you want to build your brand. But think of the retailers like if you're willing to do an own label, you're more likely to get into a bigger retail, but then you lose your the brand. So it's a matter of like, do you want to satisfy your ego or do you want to save the world? Or is there a middle world middle road there i think that's really important to think about as a mission like if i develop this amazing noodle salad does it have to be under a brand my brand wicked brand or can i put it in you know into another brand so in tesco that's why we developed plant chef as well is to actually reach more people and that's tesco's own label brand whereas wicked i own it and collaborate with tesco on it and they, uh, so there's two differences, like some things won't just don't even fit into Wicked, whereas they do in Plant Chef. So you've spoken before at Evolution previously about your time of living in a monastery. What has the importance of mindfulness been in your life? And also how has it kind of helped you with your business and, and um, being an entrepreneur? I would say that my practice uh, through meditation and, you know, I just, I practice Tibetan Buddhism and that whole, it is the background of what I do. It's the backbone. It's like the way if I don't sit, which like, it's really interesting. So I try, I sit every morning and I was getting up at 5 a.m. to sit every morning when I was in the UK. And then I come here and I was doing that really regular. And then this COVID, now this whole different ways of working and now me being eight hours behind you and it's only you know, 10, it's going on 10 a.m. now and it's later for you guys. It's like six, almost six, right? Yeah. So I've had to like really figure out like, wow, do I get up early? The earlier I get up, the more I could work because everybody <laughs> else is working at the time, you know? And if you look at social, it's like, oh, all these emails. Oh. So I have to really structure, like I'll end up sitting mid after like my calls and stuff here, but it's usually not the best time for me. I like to sit right when I get up because that's, right as every all those thoughts come flooding into my head and all the anxiety starts to build that's when i get anxious is in the morning and that's why i get up and i'm, I'm most alive and awake in the morning so i would sit and it's super important to me and listening to my teachers have been doing like these live stream teachings and i was posting it on instagram stories some of the links to you if you wanted to watch you know he's just like look there's 24 hours in a day if you spend at least 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes on your mind, your mind has to be healthy for your body. You know, I've, I think it's more important than working out. I'm not saying it is, but it, for me, if I have a choice between gym and sitting and I can only choose one, I'm going to sit and, and 
and have a healthy mind. I definitely agree with that. And I think also like when you're running your own business and you're an entrepreneur, there's this fear of failure as well. And I think our like culture and our society doesn't, I guess, look kindly upon like that failure. And so you kind of take it upon yourself to try and be as perfect as possible with what you're doing. But obviously mistakes happen, challenges come up and it's and it's about, like you're saying, being compassionate to yourself. So it wouldn't be a podcast with you if we didn't talk about mushrooms. <laughs> I love mushrooms. <laughs> so anyone who follows you on social media will know that you're a massive advocate of mushrooms. Um you use yep. them a lot in your cooking and you, you really advocate them as a, a sort of protein source of the future. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what you think the culinary potential of mushrooms are and also yeah. a little bit about um some of the work you, you're doing with mushroom growers and just some of that other interesting stuff in the mushroom field you're, you're working on. You know, we have some really cool projects coming up. Um, man, I hate not being able to talk about future stuff because I can't give away things, but <laughs> I will say that it's really amazing. And I am a firm believer that mushrooms are part of the whole solution to the future of food because of the sustainability aspect of it because it takes less water to make them and then you can grow them in confined spaces and you could do them in at home you know they're just there's so many good aspects there's a really cool film out there that you can get online now called fantastic fungi if you look that up i just watched it so paul stamets and louis i can't remember his name last name but they just did this amazing uh, film and they had it on they were showing it and screening it in certain theaters you know but they made it available online and i watched that last week and it's just like it's amazing they talk about also how it's good for the mind you know some of the mushrooms are really good for your head and if you follow me since i've been in la i've been able to get back into um, lion's mane mushrooms and some of the other ones that i can't get in the uk um, but i encourage anybody who's growing mushrooms or thinking about doing it is like that is an area of growth. I would love mm. to build, and I, we're talking amongst our wicked team is just building a mushroom directory, and having all like who the growers are, who they sell to, where to find it. Because everybody asks me, where can I get it in my country? I'm like, I don't know. I've never been to Australia, so I don't know where to get them in Australia. Yet. <laughs> or you know, in the UK, I could tell go to Smithy Mushrooms because that's who I get them from, and we work with them there. And there's other ones too. It's you know. And we're working on some really cool projects of transitioning mushroom, you know, other animal product growers into growing mushrooms. And we'll be able to talk about that soon. Um, And then some other products coming out that Wicked is going to be launching that will be game changing in this whole area. I'm mega excited about that. On a personal level, I'm enjoying the king oyster mushrooms in Tesco and making them into little like vegan scallops oh we love it so love it. <laughs> that's one of the most versatile mushrooms honestly the king oyster is like that you can shred it you can make the scallops you can do skewers i mean we've done a whole series of videos on the our youtube about it so one thing i want to say before i know we only have a short amount of time is we just put out and i should send it to you guys our free cooking class for kids so it's called wicked healthy kids the plant-based cooking mm-hmm. so chad did it with his son and a bunch of other little ones and uh, it's a whole, I think there's 10 episodes and it's cook mm-hmm. along with the kids and helping them cook, eat plant-based and like showing them what to do. But the recipes are great for adults too, but it's so cute to watch the kids in it. And I, um, I my hat's off to my brother because he's a very patient saint of a guy and 
to have all the kids. I don't know how I would handle it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really amazing as far as like, uh, yeah, I'll have to send it to you. But it's online on the Wicked Healthy YouTube channel if you guys wanted to check it out. So what does the future hold for Wiki Kitchen and for Derek Sarno on a personal level? Oh, Wicked Kitchen. You know, I'd, I would love to, to... I like that Wicked is pioneering and leading it. I, I think a lot more of my personality is going to start coming through Wicked Kitchen as far as like the animal stuff. I've really been dampered you know i i think i've kept it uh not so uh aggressive about it i want to be more activist about it active uh, you know active about it with it in a good way in the positive way like when we first met in the beginning it's like meeting you guys meeting like animal quality guys all those i really think there's that connection between food and the whole talk and i with this COVID, I don't understand why people aren't eating more plant-based. I mean, maybe they are, but I'm, I'm stuck in my house and just like everybody else. But, you know, all, everybody's reverting back to what they used to do. Yeah. And eating animals to me just with this whole virus just makes me even sicker to my stomach to think if it's coming from animals. Earthling Ed, amazing. His, his like what he talks about on his socials. He's just making some really valid, good points that the Guardian's picking up and all these newspapers are picking up, which is amazing to see. Yeah. And he's so well-spoken about it. I really, I really admire him for doing that and how he talks about it. It's like, how do we activists and food, we all come together and we all push it forward, but more on a level aligned playing field. You know, it's like everybody's recommending it's, it's like I'm all for business and I get the competition part but you there's no loss it's only best like if i promote you guys and have hey the evolution it, it does it takes nothing away from what i can do or what you can do right as a business it's like it only helps it's like some people have to understand that it's like it's always good to promote other people it never takes it away but even though it might feel that way it's it's really weird you know it's like yeah. really helping everybody it's a collaborative culture right yeah, I think that's the way forward. And I really believe that this, what we're doing, feeling now, it's like we're all being separated. It's like, all right, step back, take a deep breath. Like, what's really important? That's really important to me is to keep these connections. Even just seeing you on here it makes me feel good. You know, it's really nice to see. And knowing you're in England, I could still be in Welland, like we said, but it's really, <laughs> it's really like, it's that connection. It's like, it's so important to help and promote and uplift rather than dragged down and i do and maybe i'm being a bit naive but i do feel like in our like in the plant-based business world like i do feel like it's unlike any other kind of business industry and i do feel like people do really support each other and i feel like the people who who don't support each other they're missing out number one and number two they probably won't get to the point where they want to get because it is a team effort it is about us all sharing resources and and not seeing each other as competition because people are at different stages as well so you know somebody who's gone through those challenges share that information to help someone else out it's not going to do you yeah. any harm and also if you're scared it shows that maybe you don't believe in your business or your products as much as you should do because you should see it as like a way of like just yeah just helping each other and paying back as well i think that's really important totally agree, agree. yeah okay so we're coming into the quick fire round derek this is your time to shine um so just try and um answer them quite quickly in a without overthinking these answers too much so firstly why do you get up in the morning why do I, I get up in the morning to benefit 
people like I want to just help as many people as I can eat healthy and plants and just realize how amazing they are you know and it feeds that feeds my soul to help people that's lovely what problem are you trying to solve with your business I want to solve the fact what we were just talking about you do not need to eat animals we can eat this and it's way more sustainable better for you like it's just the better choice and that's what I want to solve and show people how to do it right that's great so what resource has had the biggest impacts on your business I mean, resource, word of mouth, the vegan community, plant-based community, and just people who see that there's there's a better way of doing things, that spark is what brought this. You know, I was sparked way back, you know, whether it was through my brother, whoever, to be vegan, and I refused to at the you know, at that time. But now look at me, now I'm, you know, all over it. Vegan t-shirt, mate. <laughs> Mr. Vegan. <laughs> 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 Mr. Vegan. <laughs> What are your top three books or podcasts you'd recommend to entrepreneurs? Well, I love your business, the plant-based business one, right? Um, that one, I really like, there's another one called NPR. So in America, okay. it's National Public Radio, right? So that's the one I was talking about. They had the, the, the interview with Patagonia. They did one with Ben and Jerry's. Seth Tibbet from Tofurky's on there. It's just really good. John Mackey's on there. It's, it's a good podcast to listen to. Uh, and then books, I mean, I... I will own, I, and I don't mean to shun other books, but I really study only nonfiction books and Tibetan Buddhist books. If I have any time to read, I'm reading about Buddhism. So any book works for that. Cool. And so what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started your business? Oh, that everything is going to be okay. I mean, I feel that way with in life. Like, you know, I learned that lesson in from our first talk at Vivolution when when my fiance was was had died and like going living at the monastery it's like really everything is going to be okay and you just need to sit and breathe and everything passes and if you know if you look back on all the hardships that you've endured through your life it's like you're here now it's made you a better person it's made you who you are we've come out on the other end it's like but being in it is a different story than coming out of the other end, but understanding like it will be okay. You know, that is the most important to me. Love that. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome so far? My biggest challenge, I guess that's my own freaking ego is the biggest challenge, right? And it's, it's funny to, to project it onto other people, but it's really me and my own way of thinking. And like, all right, understanding and like, wh- how do I hold this line and hold strong to it? And what do I compromise on? And it's still a struggle, you know, it gets a little bit easier every day. And the more you understand how you how your mind works, how other people work, if you can understand how you work, you can better understand how other people work. And so that is always a constant challenge, you know, and it's, you know, why I do things like what do you, you know, think about why I make these actions and yeah just to always put other people's first. That's great. That's great, folks. Um, and so lastly, what do you do to keep yourself sane? But I have a feeling I know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, cook, I'll say, I'll do different, you know, I do sit and stuff, but cooking it is so important to me. And especially now realizing even more, like being locked up, I'm still cooking, not locked up. I don't mean to say it like that. <laughs> but like, you know, it's really important for me to cook. It's just, 
I think about food all the time. And I think a lot of people do. I mean, food is comforting, right? The refrigerator is comforting. And so for me, I found when I first was like in isolation, oh, oh man, I'm just going to eat, eat, eat. And then you start like binge. I eat like ice cream a lot, right? But then I'm realized, all right, you know what? It's not the end of the world. It is like I got over that. It took about a week and I was just eating it. And I swear I gained like five, 10 pounds that first <laughs> week, right? I'm sure that's probably a, a feeling everybody has. Um, and now it's like, all right, I, the, for the duration, I need to eat healthier. And so we're starting to do more videos here now. And that's why that's another reason why I'm in Arizona is to do shoot more videos. And I'm going to focus on healthier foods. And yeah. nice. That's amazing. I that's think that's right. a, a great mission. And um, so that's it. That's the end of the podcast. And just want to say thanks for all your your work and contribution to evolution over the years as well. Talks and, you know, contacts and connecting with us with people. And it's been it's been amazing. It's been so good to be on this journey together as co-creators and yeah. And just like, here's to many more years of changing the world, hopefully together. I think it's an yeah. exciting times. Yeah. And thank you so much for all that you're doing just to make the world a better place and just to make oh, everything yes. just more accessible and more creative and yeah, you're doing such amazing, important work. And I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast is already following you, but where can people get in touch with you on social media and find out more about your work? For, for me personally, it's just Derek Sarno on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. I don't do Facebook that much, but, um, and then Wicked Healthy, you know, and Wicked Kitchen. We have our new website for Wicked Kitchen called wickedkitchenfoods.com or Wicked Kitchen Food. Yeah, and check that out. And then you'll see pretty soon, you know, we're working on the global brand that's coming out and all these really cool, exciting bits. And uh, you guys, it's been such a pleasure seeing you. Thank you for doing the, the video thing with me it feels good you guys warm my heart and we're meant to come over and have some food that's how i normally would do it right yeah <laughs> when i get back i mean there'll be we gotta have a big party when we get back yeah that'd be really cool 100 percent. like get get the mushrooms on the barbie oh man that'd be amazing that'd be amazing yeah. <laughs> bring, bring some back in your suitcase <laughs> yeah smuggle some back i'm coming back to them <laughs> you guys have them all Hi, Plantpreneurs. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Plant-Based Business Podcast. It was produced by Feevolution, and this series is hosted by myself, Damien Clarkson, and my co-host, Judy Nadell. Before we go today, I have a quick favour to ask. At Feevolution, we believe in the power of business to positively impact the planet. This is why we created the podcast, to help accelerate the good work you're all doing in making the world a better place. But we need your support to keep this community going. We've created a new plant-based business community over on Patreon. For just a few pounds a month, you can support the show and growing and helping us to shine a light on the plant-based businesses changing the world. So please head on over to www.patreon.com slash plant-based business and show your support for this podcast and the free content we create. Also, please remember to share this episode in your favorite social network. I can't tell you how much things like reviews and social shares help us and ambitions to tell the world about the growth of the plant-powered business movement. You can find us on Instagram at plantbasedbusiness_ underscore and at feevolution_ underscore. Okay, keep safe and we'll see you all again soon. <laughs>